RTT episode 40. What have we been up to, Mike? 40 weeks in the wilderness. Uh-huh. 40 it was that was more that was actually longer than that, right? Yeah. Um yeah, 40 we're years. At, what's that? 40 years. 40 years, right. 40 days on top of the mountain. Right. We're going to have a 40 we're going to have a 40 days of prayer coming up. Here? We are. Yeah. 40 preview. days of prayer coming up. Preview of the preview. Episode uh, number 40. Episode number 40, season 2 episode Five, I think. Look at that. Uh, and we are talking about margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about margin um, from people, with people. <laughs> people margin. Who do you need to get out Who, of your yeah, life? <laughs> exactly. It's people margin. We've had schedule and time and work. And now we have people. We have to have margin from people, margin with people. And uh, what does that look like? I think, let me just start by, you know, one, one sort of uh, uh, anecdote or one sort of example of, of margin with people. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. Matthew 14, uh, it's the famous uh, the episode, the day long, uh, you know, the feeding of the 5,000 and, and so on. And then the disciples go across the boat ahead of him and he dismisses the crowd. And he went and when he dismisses the crowd, he goes up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Uh, and then later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land. This is Matthew 14, 23, and it was buffeted by the waves because of the wind that was against it. So we have this long, draining day of ministry. And it's not long after, I think, he's learned of John the Baptist's death, and he just uh, skedaddles. He just... He ghosts everybody. He ghosts everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has some actual margin from good thing, good mission, good everything going on, but he needs, he needs a break, he needs margin. And like, what does that look like for you? What does margin look like? Like, how do you practice that sort of on the theme with, of everything else we've been talking about? What does that look like in your life? When is margin from people? What is, when is that for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. Um, kind of walked in blindly this week just because I'm not on the teaching schedule. But then I thought, oh, this is a really important conversation. It reminds me of uh, Henry Cloud's book, Boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, a necessary right. and important conversation, I think. But it's, uh, I think it's important to know that a lot of this conversation has to be nuanced uh, because it's going to be situational. There may be family members, and I think you'll talk about this later. But there may be family members, or you know, people close to your life, or coworkers, or bosses that mm-hmm. you—they're in your life, they're mm-hmm. in your world. Mike said I can ghost you for margin. <laughs> I heard it on the on the RTT. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the old RTT. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to get back to you on this. Um I don't hashtag margin. Hashtag margin. Hashtag RTT. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right. so yeah, it has to be nuanced. Like what does mm-hmm. it look like in a family, extended family, mm-hmm. co-workers? It's not so simple, but it's completely an important necessary conversation. Um Right, when, I think it, when you're in a relationship with someone or in your relationship with people, uh, evaluating the dynamics of that relationship, when yeah. do you need to kind of step back, like step mm-hmm. back, 
and step back. Yeah, step back a little bit. Have to follow it back. That's right. 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 So uh, yeah, lead us in some of that. But um, yeah, so one of the things, and that's sort of one of the anecdotes from Jesus's life, where he draws himself away and he and he takes some a little time and space by himself and he prays and we see him do that at various and we've talked about that in in this series and in, in another series and that's important needs to be nuanced and let's sort of nuance it in a different direction and you know for probably the, a lot of the rest of our conversation and it's from the uh, John's gospel it's the same day it's the same episode it's a slightly different look at the the situation there. Uh, in John chapter 6, let me read starting in verse 22, because uh, it's probably better uh, to, for me to read it than to describe it any other way. And so it's the next day the crowd had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake, realized, so this is the next day after the feeding of the 5,000, after he walks across the water and joins the disciples who are struggling the storm, they get on the other side. So the next day, the day after that, the crowd <clears throat> that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So this is after the feeding of the 5,000. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed a seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works that God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give? I love this. What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, very Jesus, Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So I love that because they just want the bread. <laughs> well, it just reminds me of, you're getting set up. Yeah. It's like, well, show us the sign like, that we can believe like, in you. What, like, what would a sign be? Like, like, like for maybe instance, bread? Bread, bread. Yeah, good example. That's a good sign. <laughs> hey, Dad, can we have the chocolate chip cookies or the ice cream for dessert? Yeah, what, they're, to what? they're totally, the whole thing is about we want more bread. Yeah. Now, that bread probably tastes really good. Uh, and it was, you know, whatever. And it just, Jesus sees right through them. And so he's, it's a different sort of, of margin. So, well, I heard, I heard the bread that Jesus provides is heavenly. It's, right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Where's the sound effects, Jacob? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's the donut shop. Isn't there a donut, isn't there a donut shop? Heaven sent donuts or something yeah. in a fail? Yeah. yeah. Sent, no, yeah. There we go. There you are. Um, so, Sorry, so, I told you, I got right. you off track. So Jesus is there, and they want him. They go, they go out of their way. They, they, they travel. They look. They search. They find him, and they have something in mind for mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus, they have an agenda. We have for a plan him. for you. A plan for you. 
And Jesus is just not having it. Yeah. Right? He's not having it at all. And and so what um how is that different from like it's not physical margin. Mm-hmm. He's interacting with them, but he's not giving them what they want. Yeah. Um so let's talk about that sort of margin. Um like first of all, like what is What's it? Uh, I don't know if there's, it's probably not, it's probably not a fair question. Maybe you can answer it later. You can think about it if you can, nothing comes to mind. So what's an example of you being in that situation mm-hmm. where um, there's a pressure to, you know, the easy thing is just to capitulate and give them what they want. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me think. These may not be good examples. I think... Uh, also, this is like margin 301. Yeah. This is right, like, right, right. you're talking like deep right. conversation about right. margin, because we're not talking right. about just cutting right. people out of your life. Right, because that's what you, what you said is sometimes we need to figure out how do we have margin from people who we are going, that we live in the same house with, that we right. work, you know, in the same cubicle with, that we're, you can't just go off on our mountain every day to pray alone because our life doesn't work that way. So what does it mean to have healthy margin yeah. with people? people that have an idea of what they want from you without being yeah you two, know two two thoughts yeah two thoughts one of them is is more of an internal challenge for me and you know we have a teaching team here at Calvary and we have three campuses and so there's three teachers a week and I fill in occasionally and when I first started doing that I really struggled with this conversation because there's a transcript put out, there's outlines, there's scriptures and passages and things, and then there's uh, where people are going to, how they're going to teach. And it was really, really hard for me to, and I didn't, I I wasn't told this, this is more my own internal posture. It was really, really hard for me to feel the freedom to say, well, I don't know if I want to go that direction. Mm -hmm. I would like to go this direction. Right. And so it was this internalized pressure of here's these expectations that I thought, here's the road, here's how we're doing it. I should probably just be Mm -hmm. cooperative Mm -hmm. and go along and not rock the boat or Mm -hmm. not say my own thing. Right. That's one of them that comes to mind. The other one is, you know, and in my marriage recently, this is really interesting, you think of Jesus at the end of a long day. So there's times in my week where it's just been a burner of a week and I get into, you Mm. know, the weekend exhausted and Mm -hmm. fatigued. And I think, okay, I really need some rejuvenation and that's more solitude for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has nothing to do with my marriage or my wife, but she might say she's been not had much adult time Mm -hmm. and she wants to go out Mm -hmm. and go out to lunch or go out on a date. And she says, Hey, do you want to go spend time together? And I think, well, I, I know that we need to spend time together, but if I'm being really, really honest about what I need right now, mm-hmm. I probably just need some alone time. Mm-hmm. Go to a coffee shop, read mm-hmm. a book, do something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that is a is a constant dynamic conversation that I have mm-hmm. to have and we have to have of mm-hmm. what does margin even look like there? Mm-hmm. Like right. I need some me time. Right. You need some us time. Right. <laughs> How do we do it? Right. Right. And probably involves some honest conversation where sometimes you get the margin you want and sometimes you provide the margin she needs. Right. right? And that's, yeah. Um, there's no set rule. There's no set rule. Um, I do think, so that's one of the questions is how do I know when this is time, when it's the right time to subvert somebody else's expectations to not sentence, right. To not capitulate, to not give in because they expect this of me, I'm just going to, and I think sometimes if it's, 
a coworker or a friend. Um, and the, you know, they're sort of used to getting what they want. They're used to going their way. They're used to whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a child that wants so-and-so. And if sometimes it's just, I'm just exhausted. I'm just going to give you what you want. Yeah. Right. Um, but sometimes I think it's more loving to say, no, that's pro-. like, this is what Jesus is doing. Mm-hmm. You're hungry and you want this physical bread. But if I, if you showed up in front of me every day and I gave you that bread, that's all you'd ever mm. get from me. Yeah. Right? That you'd settle for that. You'd happily settle for that. Right. A lifetime supply, supply of heavenly bread. Yeah. Where Jesus is like, no, I am the bread of life. The, you know, the bread that I gave you was a pointer to me. And what I'm really here for is for you to you know, enter in a relationship with me, which people weren't necessarily interested in. This is such an, I love the passage. Um, so nice job picking it out, subverting their expectations. Essentially, he rejects them. Yeah. He rejects he their expectations. He says no. Right. You're, you're not getting any bread. He disappoints them. Yep. And then think about it, all that they've traveled, you could rationalize quickly, all that they've done, you know, they're, they followed me, they're needy, they're desperate, oh, they, they probably are hungry. Mm-hmm. All of these things, well, isn't it? Isn't it being like Jesus to right. give them what they right. want and what that's they right. ask for? That's right. I think that's right. I think that's there's a sense of that's really about me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, love is sacrificial. So I should sacrifice and give them what they want. But that doesn't necessarily mean giving them what they want is the most loving thing. Oh, that's good. Right? And so I think that's sort of, we get caught in, and it's really about me. Like, for instance, when somebody is making a, a, an unspoken expectation mm-hmm. like you're going to go along this route on the teaching does what feeling does that produce in you or mm-hmm. what feelings does that produce in you like doesn't it often like you almost resent having to do this thing that nobody ever actually explicitly asked you to do <laughs> yeah we're complex people so yeah. i'll 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 do that uh i'll feel like there's an expectation and then i'll cooperate but then i'll resent the person yeah, yeah i hate having system. to do this like nobody actually have to have, you yeah. know asked you right nobody right. said anything to me it's right. my problem yeah yeah so i think a lot of the times it's all it's about us like we we kind of need to figure out what it is in my heart that maybe creates an unhealthy connection uh an unhealthy obligation kind of a codependency yeah right it's good i someone either i read this or maybe someone uh had said this to me something along the lines of if if everyone's happy in my life in my sphere of influence i'm probably miserable <laughs> right like somebody's gonna have to be disappointed yeah right i'm gonna and not you're being in intentional right. or i'm in denial right. like i can't be everything to everybody and i'm gonna have to let yeah so that's a good that's a good uh that's a good place to you know jump in and say if so then the corollary to that for me is if i feel like i have to keep i have to make everyone happy and keep everyone happy i'll never have margin yeah because that's gonna be tyrannical yeah right that's gonna be like that's impossible uh and i think a lot of people will say that's kind of once you start giving that to me, oh, that's, that's great. You know, if if our relationship is you make me happy, well, I'm okay. Yeah, that yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. And and human beings are human beings, and and we have that capacity for selfishness. So mm-hmm. if it's working out for me, right, I'm probably I'm, not going to want to change it. Right. Maybe you don't even notice. And I think that's the sort of like in and then the then the follow up question is, 
why do I feel that way? Yeah. Why do I feel like if I'm not keeping or making everyone happy, why, why do I feel like that's my obligation? Hmm. So what do you think? I mean, how do we get ourselves into those binds, you think? Yeah, I don't know. There's probably a dozen different answers because uh, there's a lot of different personalities and there's a, a lot of different reasons people might do it. Um, I think of um, the most obvious reason is uh, the need for approval. Right. Um, I need you to think a certain way about me that I'm a good husband. For me to feel good. For me to feel good. Mm -hmm. For me to feel good about myself. And so the conversation is less about, um, uh, you know, you and your expectations. And it's more about, I probably get something from this agreement as well, Mm -hmm. even though maybe I often feel like it doesn't work out for me. Like, again, back to your, back to your earlier statement, you're going to start resenting these people for not being happy. Yeah. And you're trying so hard to make them happy. And it's like, that was never even their deal. It was all my deal all along, right? Yeah, I I, think that's true. Yeah, I think so. That's where I feel like, and then for, for me, then if I'm in that space, getting physical distance from the person will bring some relief, but really I'm, I'm taking the, I'm the problem. Yeah. It hasn't really changed. Right. right? I haven't. So I I think one of the things I think about is if I need margin in with coworkers or family or people around me, and I'm not going to just, you know, cut them out of my life. um, I may have to renegotiate emotional dynamics and that may involve a conversation, but it may not. It, like you said, what Jesus did, it may just be that the next time there's this expectation, I just don't meet it. Right. I don't show up. Right. And let the chips fall. And let the chips fall. And yeah, because that's kind of what he does. He's sort of calling out their story, and they're kind of going in all these convoluted statements when basically it would have been better if they just said, hey, we were hungry. That yeah. bread was awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, they probably would have had a better chance of, of getting some. Um, and Jesus has to be comfortable with disappointing them. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is it's for their benefit, right? It's for their good. It's the most loving thing he could have done. Right. Like he's not like, okay, listen, I'm irritated with you people. Go away. Stop it. Right. It's, it's not, not out that. of frustration. Right. Right. Yeah. So we don't, you know, don't, uh, an application is not be a jerk and call it margin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not. <laughs> and you have to say that. We have yeah. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just enforcing margin on... People, <laughs> you're out. <laughs> you're out. Um, it, but so he's doing what's, and so I think for me, that's sort of we can talk ourselves into. You know, we can you can talk yourself into the wrong side of either of in, any of these things. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes in the moment, the simplest thing would be, okay, fine, here's some bread. Mm-hmm. When that isn't actually better for the person, and it isn't, and there's resentment and, and that whole thing where. Sometimes the, the the most, and I'm not good at this in, uh, you know, at home or it's the easiest thing is just to say, okay, you know, that's fine. But sometimes I'm like, well, you know, maybe that's not the best thing. Mm-hmm. And that in the moment, it's easy to talk yourself out of that. Yeah. Right. Because it seems, it's easy to tell yourself, well, I'm just, I'm being, a, I'm being a great guy. Right. I'm giving them what they want. Right. When maybe that isn't 
you know, the right thing. Well, and I don't, I don't, without saying too much, I think that this happens for a lot of people. Um, the way you play roles out in your own personal life probably will evolve at some point in time. You will have an idea. I had an idea, you know, 15 years ago of this is what a good husband does. This is what a good husband right. is. He's right. like this. And I'm trying to fill the part. And out. I try to fill the part. And I will tell you, that has to shift. I, I mean, you have kids, you you know, you get into careers and maybe you move. But for many of us, it is like, well, it's not that I'm uh, trying to go back on that. It's just that I'm trying to expand for us. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for the spot for the wife that needs to say like, um, I think this is what I thought, but now I think it has to look a little bit differently. That's okay. I think that's okay. I think that's kind of important, Mike, to say, because for some people, we get so tight in these expectations. And we get so tight about these expectations. And when your needs aren't met or mm-hmm. my needs aren't met and this isn't working and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, have we tried to set some margin in a new, fresh way? You know what I mean? Right. Have we, have we maybe pressed reset on a few things? Yeah, right. Invited people to a new chapter? Yes. Because that was that chapter. It was mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But now, now it's, we got to move. Yeah, I do think, and I think this, one of the... You know what the 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 word that comes to mind is sort of a a therapist word or a counseling word. It's called differentiation. Yeah, right? unpack that. So you know, good differentiation means I don't need you to be a certain way so that I can feel a certain way about myself. Mm-hmm. And poor differentiation is I need you to be a certain way in order for me to feel a certain way about myself. And Jesus is. Um, you know, wherever people were, he just, he knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He was secure in himself and secure in his relationship with his father. And he could say what is right and good and loving and fair and gracious and true, whether the people wanted to hear it or whether they didn't want to hear it. Yeah. And I think for me, like whenever I get myself, when I do get myself into a bind, it's because sometimes I'm in this how do I maintain equilibrium so that I feel a certain way, right? And yeah. that becomes a very difficult dance, you know, sometimes where, okay, yeah, how do we reset? How do we go forward together? Um, and I, and, and the, other, the, the, core, the other way around of that is how hard do I make it? I, if I'm the person who wants the bread. Right. How hard do I make it for someone to speak truth? To yeah, me? that's what I was thinking too. Is the other side of that is when I'm on not differentiated, then I become the tyrant. I'm the controlling one that says, and I'm not saying it has to be out right. loud controlling. You can control in ten different ways. Right. But no, it's, I'm not controlling. Right. No. Right. Right. It's it's I'm need you to to be like me in order for me to feel that. And so, yeah, I think that's that's uh, fair and a great point. Is what happens if uh, no? I want the bread. Mm-hmm. I want the bread, and right. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, and that works one right. way. But when right. it's Can me, we have wanting this the conversation bread. while we're eating bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I have to recognize. You know, I think I'm pressing something on this person or this expectation. It doesn't seem fair. And right. am I letting them be them? And me be me. This mm-hmm. feels like growing up into adulthood, which is pretty hard to do. Yeah. I yeah. Think. And so if you're thinking about people that you have, oh, awkward or conflicted 
or difficult relationships with. So it seems to me that the question it prompts is, is there some true and gracious, though difficult thing that I really should say to them in order maybe to have a conversation about that? Yeah. So there's that's column A. Or column B is, I just live with it and get, and I'm upset, resentful, um, or victims, or sad, or or whatever. And I think we all do both of those things to some degree. Um, but the the choice, that choice, really is completely up to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not nobody else can make that choice for me. Um, and what would that gracious, true, difficult thing be? And sometimes it might just be. Um, you know, when you said that, it made me sad, fill in the blank. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think we struggle with margin in relationships with people that we're close to because sometimes we're just not willing to do what Jesus did and have the real conversation instead of the, the surface conversation. And as I'm thinking about that, the probably the most i think for myself uh and for lots of people that often that sort of difficult relationship is with a parent and like my parents are dead been dead a while and yet i can i mean people are still capable of having conflicted relationships with although that sounds strange, it's not really a relationship, but there's still some sense of expectation, some sense of being poorly differentiated from a parent, parents' expectations, resentments, whatever, when there's, like, you still have to work through that even though the person isn't there to work through it with. Yeah, and and my parents are still alive, uh, so I haven't done this, but I know this is a common therapeutic practice, of sometimes people will write letters to right. their parents that are deceased because right. they can't quite do what we're t- you're trying to talk about is get this margin, this sense of healthy sense of differentiation. I can be me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I do think that's a, a real conversation of margin with my past mm-hmm. and specifically with, you know. Because I think the family. thing there that's interesting is obviously... Um, whatever is going on in the relationship between me, let's say, and my father is completely on my side because he's not around anymore. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't blame him for the current state of our right. relationship. Right. And yet, I, you know, people can, I often do. And so how do I even speak truth into that relationship and sort of free myself? You know, a, a counselor friend of ours says that everybody's got to kill their parents off, and that's what he means. Mm-hmm is you've got to make it so that you're living your life and yep. not some set of expectations from some... And I think for some people, that's just just oppressive almost, really, and just really holds them bondage. Yeah, well, it. there's... I mean, it's all over uh, art and media and story. You know, there's a, a country song that talks about being a bullet and your father's gone. Mm. You know, like you're... That sounds good. Yeah, right, it's a good song. Yeah. You have to outgrow the big people in your story right. and in your life is another way to say it. But right. I do think that's um, that's always, you know, we're, we're into family of origin conversation, which I think works, but it's 
we're always dealing with that. The story shaped us. It's informing who we are and how we make choices. And I may have 10 different people Mm -hmm. influencing this conversation that aren't around anymore. And it's really up to me to deal with it however I'm going to deal with it, even though they're, they're not around. And I think again, past path or path of least resistance is to, you know, sort of wordlessly blame, you know, I'm this way because of that. But at some point I have to take responsibility that I'm this way. Yeah. And me being this way affects my wife, my kids, you, you know, the people around me. And I have to take responsibility for that. Yeah, I don't think the path of least resistance will get us any sort of helpful margin. Right. That's right. It does kind of enslave us. Yeah. Um, so, um, what do we what do we say to people who? Um, and this is sort of okay. We're talking about margin in people. Um, so you've got someone in your life who is for you difficult to be around. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what are some options? What are some realistic options? I mean, we're going to be making up an imaginary relationship, but, you know, um, that's, you know, somebody who it's difficult to be around. How do you, how do you handle that? How do you handle that? I can share how I handle that as well. I mean, yeah. how do, you know, what do you do with people? I mean, you work at Calvary Church, so there's nobody. No, I was going to say, you probably should ask someone else, how is it difficult to be around Chad? Mm. <laughs> um, mm. so that's, oh, that's a good question to ask of yourself. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. who Who's say, looking at me saying, I right, need margin Who would that be? <laughs> who's saying, yeah, yeah, he's the guy that's difficult to be around. And then what, what would he say about why it's difficult? Yeah. That's a really good question. Yeah. So text in your answers yes. or <laughs> write, write us, email us. <laughs> it is difficult to be around those guys. Yeah, I don't know. It For me, it depends. It depends. Like, I think there's roles and rules. And sometimes I have to evaluate what are the roles that we're both maybe agreeing upon? Is it explicit or implicit? What are the rules that we're both... Like, for example, let's say someone comes to me and, and they want me to disciple them. Right. Okay. okay. Well, that sounds very spiritual. Sounds what very could go spiritual. Wrong? Well, right. What could go wrong? Well, I, what do we mean? Do you mean that you want? Yeah, me I was expecting you to meet every week for three hours. For three hours, right? right. Blah, 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 blah. For ten years, yeah. or no? Right. No, I mean just like let's informally meet. Like, what is it? That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So, what are the yeah, roles and rules? So, to clarify, clarify, and then sometimes for me, it's helpful to to get those not to be too formal about it, but to get those understood up front mm-hmm. so that... Clarify you know, the relationship. Six, yeah, DTR. Used to DTR. Uh, <laughs> so that six years in, I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't like, think how we do should get, meet yeah, anymore, right. but how do I say that? Right, or, right, or this person right. may be feeling the same thing. Because this guy at some doesn't point, help me. or the, the, the vice versa is it's, it's comfortable for everyone to keep meeting, but you're actually holding them back at this point. Exactly. Right, because yeah. they need to go disciple somebody else. They may else. not need right. me anymore, and that right. may be really yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so that's I think good. That's so good. clarity, mm-hmm. roles and rules. Yeah, that's roles that's good. Rules. I like that. Um, I think, too, um, if it's a someone you have, you know, it's a coworker, it's someone in your home, someone you work for, someone you work with, that you're going to be around them. Yeah. Right? So I think sometimes what we can do is try to manage the person and maybe manage them towards some change we see as favorable to us. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And 
that's really not even a, if I'm honest, that's about me having a better life, not them being better. I, yeah. I can tell myself it's about them being better. <laughs> yeah. And in my experience, that's, it's subtle because it seems like I'm trying to help them, but I'm really just trying to relieve some of my aggravation or frustration. Mm -hmm. And it's much better to say, how do I love this person well, assuming they never change? That's good. How do I have a positive relationship with them, not depending, not dependent on them becoming more this or yeah. less that becoming any different, at becoming all. any different at all. Yeah. Um, and that, and that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to, you know, say, speak the truth to them or whatever, but sometimes I'm sure we're all this way to some degree where somebody can speak the truth to me and I just, I don't see it. I don't hear it. I don't want, I don't understand what you're saying. I, you know, you, it's a serious conversation you, but I'm not even hardly paying attention because I don't even know what you're talking about or whatever. And I do think it's easy to say, um, I, I, a way I would say it is I think it's easy for us to be, be almost like consumers of each other. Yeah. Like this is the deal. This is the transaction of our relationship and you're going to need to do this or I'm a dissatisfied customer. Of right. It, right. Right. I just think for some people we're, we, we have to come to like, this is the only store in town and I have to buy this product. <laughs> yeah. And I can be mad about it every day, but now I'm deciding to be, it's, right? At some point, it's on me. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean to forgive? What does it mean to have grace? What does it mean to have mercy on somebody? You know, what does it mean to speak truth in a way that's constructive and helpful rather than this is driving me crazy and I just have to say it? I, I think, um, and I don't think that's unique. I think that is fundamentally in every human being um, maybe it shows up stronger for some people. I do think it shows up a lot in marriage, mm -hmm. but um, I think this this core transgression, relational transgression, is you have to change. Mm -hmm. This is my whole world that you change. Right. I was reading a, a really good book the other day, and and I thought he said something profound. And he said, you know, we don't see people as they are; we see people as we are. Ooh. And I thought that was incredibly true Ooh. and painful. Ooh is I'm mostly probably getting that other person wrong. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said. Like, if they never change, let's just assume they don't. How do, how now do I reshape my world as opposed to using my strategies to try to get them to change? Right. right. And using all the, the right. my energy to try to do that? Yeah. Like, how now do I live in maybe a sense of grief? Okay, never changes. Okay, well, grieve that. That's fine. I thought that was going to be different. Right. That's important. And sure. it's not. Um, they're probably grieving something about me. Sure. Um, and then adjust. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I do that? How do I love them? How do I let go of this expectation that I have on them? Even if the expectation is totally sort of right and realistic and something they should be doing. Yeah. Because none of us do everything we should be doing and none of us, you know, yeah. uh, all of us fall short in various ways. I like let go. I like let that. Go. letting go, yeah. allowing. Right. right. You know, it's, it's, it's more hands off. Mm -hmm. I don't need a make something happen, mm -hmm. but right. I'm yielding. And I think what, you know, that's kind of always, if we, if it, what we said about being differentiated, well, it was unclear. I think that's sort of what it means is I really can let you be who you are mm -hmm. and I can be, it doesn't me, I'm not going to have to, you know, that's not going to make me feel a certain way about myself. It might make me sad. It might be angry at times or whatever, but I can re still respond. I can choose to respond to you from who, from who I am. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that there are the opposite. One of the obstacles is we're right. They really do need to change. Yeah. I think just we get hung up on, but I'm right about that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think I think especially in marriage, because you you do know the other person. They are you are right. And I think both sides can die on the hill of being right about the other side. Mm-hmm. And nobody just lets it go. And this is who they are. I hope they change, just like they probably hope I change. Mm-hmm. I'm how do I love them? And oddly not oddly, ironically, perhaps, probably that's the best strategy. If you wanted to have a strategy to change is to let go of your strategy to change and just love them. Mm -hmm. Because in in love for them, you're going to say things. You're not trying to manage them. You might say true things like Jesus. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Where, um, you know, Jesus is like, you know, you don't need the bread right now. I mean, in one hand, you do need the bread but you need something far deeper. Uh, and I'm not going to get off that, even if that's uncomfortable. And that's loving, it's gracious, but they didn't like it. Right. Uh, so, you know, I think that's margin and people is, it's, you know, we could talk about, it's basically, we're talking about relationships and we're yeah. talking about my own, my own sense of identity and the sense of who I am in Christ. And, you know, what does it mean to love somebody who's hard to love? And, you know, those are all very, the they, they multiple podcasts could be had here. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on that. But I do think if you kind of boil it on back is, what does it mean to love some, an actual person? And that means you're going to have to, at some point, love them in their brokenness, in their imperfection, in yeah. how they disappoint you. Yeah. And how they make you sad, mad, frustrated, whatever. Or else it's really not love. Mm. It's kind of a pleasant agreement between two two people. Like if yeah. you give me what I want, I'll give you what you want. Yeah, it's com- it's compromise. It's compromise, which is interesting yeah. because a lot of relational experts talk about compromise being a great enemy uh, in the relationship because it's what you just described. Hmm. We're both going to. I'm not really getting what I want. I'll settle for a little less, but it's still a transaction. Exactly. Oh, and, that's and good. I, I keep my equilibrium, you keep yours. And, I, that's good. Hey, yeah. it, it, it may exist and it may work. Yeah, um, I think that's good. Yeah. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's hard not to be in a relationship with having, having some of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know how to leave people with that. Um, I don't know what this, the parting uh, blessing or admonition is, but probably what, what I'm thinking about is in what ways do people struggle with margin with me? How do I make it hard for people to love me well? What, how do I frustrate people? And am I aware that people have to extend grace to me? Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. maybe helps me extend grace to, to those around me. Yeah, I think for me, I think I often have to do work to get past the shallow layers of my own mind. And so I think initially when we start talking about this conversation, I'm thinking of other people. Mm-hmm. And then once we're in it, I'm thinking margin is really for me less about that and more about my own heart. My, my own heart. Yeah. I got to do my own stuff. Like, am I moving to growth mm-hmm. to be like Jesus? And then margin might be the byproduct. Of yep. that. So it's I less about right. managing others, more right. about spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And then margin kind of just flows out of it. Mm. Amen, brother. Mm.
All right. We're going to send you off with that. Uh, we hope you have a great uh, week, and we hope that uh, as you grow in Christ-likeness, you'll we'll all discover true margin together. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. 